What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Coffee Club, episode 99.1. As you can probably hear or possibly see if you're watching this on YouTube, it is just uh, George and Ollie here today. Morgan is sleeping uh, because, as we've realized, uh, this time change for the next few weeks is going to be bloody difficult. So we're going to do what we can, but uh, Morg's taking Morg's taking the week off. So um, yeah, this is, you, you could just be watching us in silence. Like Morgan is obviously the brains of the operation, so um, we don't even know if we've got the recording going. So we're hoping for the best. But anyway, Ollie, how are you, bro? Good to see you again. Good to see you, George. Yeah, it's a bit weird without our fearless leader um, capping off the podcast with his smooth, silky voice. Uh, but we, we're going to try and manage. We're going to try and manage without him. Um, been good here. I'm in Australia. Morgan's in Europe and George is back in uh, Boulder. So all over the place, but we're going to try and make this work. This will be a little little snippet. And then next week, hopefully the three of us will be back together um, chatting about the past busy couple of weeks. Yeah. as um, we, we may as well start with um, a nice shout out. Another week brought to you by the awesome guys at uh, Camelback. We're still uh, going along with our awesome partnership with those guys. Um, so great to have them on board. And through the month of July, 20% off on the website, camelback.com. Use our code COFFEECLUB, all caps, and yeah, get get some of their, their cool stuff. Maybe just a little something coming in the way of a giveaway in the next uh, couple of weeks. Keep your eyes peeled on the on the Coffee Club Instagram won't give out uh, too many secrets on that, but um, yeah, something good coming. Hopefully, I've seen a couple of the, the items and they are very cool. Um, but yeah, obviously, everyone knows that worlds has been happening, but much bigger news and what everyone has really been waiting for is uh, the Ollie update. So um, <laughs> <laughs> we've we've missed him on the pod. Um, hasn't been the same the last couple of weeks, but yeah, like we said, it's been. It's been bloody difficult with all the uh, with the time change. So, um, Ollie's now back in Australia. You wanna you wanna just give us a rundown? What's been going on down there? Yeah, of course, George. Thanks for the for the humble intro. Um, oh yeah, it's been it's been interesting. I got back, um, spent a few days, and then worlds kind of started to kick off. And I think as an athlete, when you when you prepare and you kind of get look forward to probably the big pinnacle of the end of the season, which is world champs for us. Uh, it was kind of tough to get the to sleep in. Uh, everything was happening overnight for us here in Australia. So um, always you wake up and you see 100 notifications about the results and how everyone's doing. So obviously when you have teammates and you have uh, people competing that you care about, it's, it's hard to, to sleep and, and not you know pay attention to it. Um, but my update here has just been pretty much uh, pretty much standard from what, my plan was I got home, spent some time with family and then straight into rehab. So I've been doing my general week kind of looks like I do some exercises about rehab uh, from Dr. Kabbalah, Dr. Kabbalah and Kurt, uh, our physio guy. It's about 20, 25 minutes of exercises just working on like that, that groin area, which is uh, causing me a bit of grief. And it's been, it's been interesting. Like I, Doing the exercises, doing the rehab, you always kind of have in the back of your mind, like, is this actually helping? Am I actually getting a benefit out of this? Um, as a bloke that George will know, I don't do a lot of exercises. I don't do a lot of these specific kind of um, things that a lot of athletes should do and I am doing now. I don't really know what the benefit is, but I'm starting to, to do it week by week. I'm getting better at doing the exercises, um, better at kind of knowing what I'm looking for when I do them. Um, so overall, it's it's been it's been a nice ex- experience, but it's more of a mental, I think, challenge for me than physical. Uh, with this injury, I don't really feel anything during the day, walking around, doing stuff, catching up with friends and family. Uh, it doesn't really exist for me. It's only when I'm uh, doing sort of exercising to combat it and uh, and working on it that's when I notice that it's still kind of around. So it's a bit of a frustrating injury with that. Um, mentally, it's been it's been tough. I mean, you, you look at all your incredible teammates, and we'll go, get into how well they've been doing at the World Championships, uh, just crushing it on the world stage. You always have that envious thing of wanting to be there. And um, for me, that was tough. I mostly just missed the camaraderie that we have with OAC. And I missed Dathan yelling down my ear with his strong Midwestern accent 
um, with motivational kind of tendencies of just going out and crushing it. Um, but here, yeah, my general week, I've done the rehab. I've been swimming as much as I can. I've been joining the squad down at Caring Bar Pool. Um, if anybody knows or listens to the pod and goes down to Caring Bar Pool and you see me down there, uh, say hello. But I've just been swimming with the squad, which has been fun. Is this um, um, is this Chris Crispy's um, squid squad? <laughs> as Chris's Crispy's squid squad is hopefully coming back. They're gonna combine and come back. But I've been wearing this the uh, poor simple squid club uh, cap at my training. Been representing them with pride. But it's quite funny because I I don't have any co- like swim cozies like swim trunks that fit me. Um, and the only pair that actually fits me is the Olympic Australian Olympic cozies that I got from Tokyo. So I put I those on. Those. Yeah, I put those on, and I. Obviously, you know, you take your stuff off and you're about to get in the pool. And all these kids in the squad, like they have like probably lane one to lane six. They're all looking at me with these Olympic uh, cozies on thinking, who the bloody hell is this guy? Because um, <laughs> obviously you don't get those cozies unless you go to the Olympics, um, which was a bit of a bit of a knob thing to do, to be honest. But it's the only cozies I have. And I thought it'd be funny to give a bit of a stir up. Um, you should just but, tell them you went to the Olympics for swimming. <laughs> yeah, I should just I should just lie. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they're looking over trying to figure out who I am, but uh, most of them know I, I run, I don't swim, but <laughs> it's been fun. I've been, my mum swims as well in the morning, so I jump in with her and swim. Um, I dust her, which is great. Still got that over her, um, but it's been really fun to kind of get back into that community because when I was growing up uh, in Australia, swimming squad or swimming in general was a big part of my brother and myself, um, our kind of journey through sport. So we really enjoyed that. I'm doing about three or four times a week. I'm going to try and pick it up now to nearly every day. So I'll swim with squad in the morning because they meet three times a week, my mum's squad. And then in the afternoon, I'll swim about 30 to minutes to an hour, probably do about three or 4K of swimming. Um, my arms are absolutely tired. My back is sore. I just, I've all my, the muscle that I built up over the years um, from running, just all that arm muscle, it just hasn't paid off, to be honest. <laughs> You're but, just going to yeah, connect the motor? Just shredded you just, just turn shredded into, from like, the upper body <laughs> like uh, just but, incredible swimmer's body yeah but is, but has no, it been, not, it's been pain-free pain-free mostly yeah yeah um kicking and stuff it's actually been okay um i've been seeing my my physio is a good family friend a really good physio called glenn colico i've been seeing him three times a week he's been doing some dry needling and some like soft tissue therapy which has been great for the abductors which is the main concern for me and he's given me some more exercises to do with rehab as well. Um, and he's been following the plan. And, and I've just got him in contact with Dathan and the squad as well, just to so they know my my kind of where I am with my treatment and, and my recovery back into hopefully running in the next couple of weeks. But um, yeah, no, it's it's uh, really just been, it's been, it's always going to be slow. So, but I always also don't know like, if, if it's getting better or not, but I feel like it is. I'm not feeling it much anymore. I usually actually felt it a lot when I coughed and sneezed. Um, mm-hmm. And now when I sneeze and cough, I don't feel it at all, which is a really good sign for me. Um, but I'm worried about losing that fitness. So the swimming's been great. And I've also been dragging my brother out to swim as well, um, which has been fantastic. But it, that's my general week at the moment. It's just a lot of rehab, seeing Glenn for treatment, um, watching you guys crush it at the World Champs and swimming. So I have been missing the running um i've been missing my my dog gus which has been he's been looked after by his favorite uh person in the world jenna um so he's having a great time at the new house and uh yeah just overall it's been it's been it's 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 winter here in australia too so it's been cold so i've been trying to get into the ocean a little bit but it's freezing so hopefully that's good for my groin jumping in there um also another life update my brother shot his thumb with a nail gun um he did it by putting up framing and these nail guns are like actual guns. Like he's he's shot the nail and he's misdirected where it goes in. It's gone through the wood and through his through his thumb. Um, if anybody wants photos, I can put post it on the coffee club uh, Instagram if they do want to see it. Uh, but it's it was gruesome. He just missed the bone. Uh, he had to go into surgery uh, two days ago. So I was in the waiting room from eight thirty to ten o'clock at night because we're just getting moved around and. It was a bit of a nightmare for him, but he's doing okay. But he's he's kind of out. He's he's not at work anymore, so he's going to be hanging out with me for uh, the next few weeks while he does rehab as well. So we both got two injured whores here at the whorehouse. So I'm injured with my groin. He's injured with his hand, and we're just hanging out. So um, I got a, but he's doing I got a okay. Funny, I got a funny crispy related story. 
um, very recently. The funniest thing, I went to... um, Sorry if that plane is very loud. Coming overhead. We'll just we'll just wait a second in case I can't hear a bloody thing. Um, I went to see Ziggy Elbert's play last night at uh, oh yeah Boulder Theater. I don't know if you. I think he's. I think he's from Sydney, so yeah. I think he's. Uh, you might know who that is, but he's known for having for having super long hair and being like. I think he's a bit of a hippie kind of folk music guy. Very good concert actually. He was bloody good, but when he walked out, like from a bit of like fog and lights were off. Just comes up to the mic. Me and Jenna look at each other and immediately say to each other, "He looks like Chris." Like, <laughs> no shit. He was like yeah. the perfect doppelganger, doppelganger of of Crispy uh, Ollie's Ollie's brother, who we we're just talking about. And if you yeah. uh, you followed him on the pod, he came on last summer. But um, yeah, it was it was insane. Like he's buzzed his head, so yeah. now it doesn't have long hair and the mustache. And yeah. he's just super Australian. So it was literally like yeah. Chris was like playing to us. It was hilarious. Oh, that's but, unreal. I, I think Chrissy lo- Chris loves him. So I tell Chrissy he went and saw his concert. Um, but Chris and I went to a festival of like kind of upcoming artists, which you you and Jenna would have loved, George. It was unreal. We went there. It was pretty chill. It was on a Sunday, had a few beers. And you can go around these different stages and watch these incredible um, artists kind of just show their music. Uh, there's a New Zealand band called Daily J. Which were unreal. They're New Zealand. I thought they were from yep. Australia. Nah, they're Kiwi. They were I unreal. Love, I love Daily J. Yeah, we saw them. Fantastic. We saw Death by Denim. Unreal. Uh, we Very saw good. Rum Jungle. They were amazing. Um, Matt Santiago, also fantastic. There was just all these artists. They're kind of very up and coming artists, but um, watching them perform live in like a small kind of setting was uh, was unreal. So it was it was fantastic to do that with with Chris and. And enjoy that but yeah we're both we're both injured now so we're gonna just do our rehab together and he's got a hand he's got a hand rehab thing i got a groin rehab thing but in general it's uh it's gonna be fun so but yeah bloody, that's pretty uh, much my update here bloody work-related injuries both Mate. of you <laughs> at least compo compo for him he, he, everything's covered yeah. everything's covered for him so he he's all good he said he's getting paid so he's getting looked after but uh it's gonna be nice having chris around and We'll enjoy our company. We'll head down to the beach and have a swim, and we'll swim at Cronulla Pool, uh, Bar Pool, sorry, as well. So if anybody's in, sees us with our poor, simple squid caps, and uh, wants to come and say hello, please, please do so. All right, very, very good. Everyone, uh, everyone, go wish Ollie the best in his uh, recovery. Still, uh, thanks for the update, bro. Um, Thank you. We may as well get into what's been happening on the other side of the world in in old Budapest over there. Um, I'm obviously back in, back in Boulder. I stayed for an extra day after the race, which was, um, which was really nice just to spend a day chilling, but then hit it on back here. Um, while, while everyone else is still going and yeah, maybe I'll just give, give a rundown, a bit of a feel for what, what Budapest was like in the days leading up. And then, um, we'll go through a few of the distance races and, um, yeah, recap recap a bit of that steeple, but yeah, I, I have to I hate to tell you, Ollie, but not that you'll be surprised, but pretty much every single thing was better than Eugene. <laughs> mm, mm. Accommodation, organization, stadium, warm up, but running everything. It's I was so impressed by uh, like the organization and just by the city putting it on. Like everything was just so well done we were saying the the australian team and new zealand team were were together in in the hotel which was um and along with actually spain and switzerland so Jonas and mario too that was a lot of fun just super nice hotel on an island in the middle of the river and this island had a full three mile track surface around the island like one lane but three miles long around the around the island so it was just constantly packed with runners all day, which was pretty sweet. And um, they probably then they they got to run with um, some kind of world class runners just zipping by every day, um, which was probably pretty funny for them. But yeah, and then man, the the stadium was. If you're, I'm sure everyone's been been following along, but shit, it was epic. It's it's like brand new. I looked on a couple of my um, the maps on a, on like my pre meet day. And it just has me running like around a grass field. 
like in the map. It, that's how new it is. Like it didn't even exist in, in the map and just a epic warm up uh, area and like the nicest Mondo track. It's probably like would be nicer than every single track in New Zealand. And it's just the warm up track in Budapest. And yeah, just just such a good setup. And um, yeah, had had a pretty chill couple of days leading in leading into um I, I was day one in the morning so yeah had, had a nice pre-meet and and just kind of got to grips with um with uh with budapest and and the travel to the stadium and all and then um yeah k- kicked us off on on day one in the morning post uh post one hour delay on on the meet on, on day yeah. one man the rain was ridiculous like actually quite a few of the the tents were like almost flooding in in the warm-up area uh, it was Damn. insane and they had to had to postpone the the meet an hour but i was actually uh quite glad at that point because it meant i had the the coolest day by probably 20 or 30 degrees um yeah i was running when it was like 70 as opposed to you know 90 plus or 20 degrees celsius which is probably the the coolest championship um race i'll probably ever get so maybe that's why i felt so good and, <laughs> i don't think that i think it was a training and um and you're racing but yeah made, made it made it through to to the final and um heat three with with um with old lamicha germa world record holder in my heat which actually mm. it reminded me a bit of uh of the heat i ran it in serbia for world indoors when i for the 3k and i was just chilling at the back the whole time just hanging out and then kind of made a big move up to get on borrega's shoulder and then just like jogged it in next to borrega <laughs> with second heat and then it was like a replay of that and i honestly i couldn't believe how good i felt in the first round it was pretty sweet actually yeah i, I thought we were running so slow and and we were but like we the first k think was 250 in the first round so 830 pace which which, i mean which is reasonably slow and then um i was kind of just chilling at the back and just for whatever reason i just felt like so calm and like the hurdles were just taking nothing out of me which was Mm. a super nice feeling like it was a little bit difficult to hurdle but going back to hurdling at kind of 68 69 second pace as opposed to like the last couple of time trials i've done where trying to trying to hammer at the start and and that makes the hurdling a bit easier but it was kind of that situation where the running felt really easy but just trying to um like stay composed over the barriers when you're running quite slow and at the back of a field but yeah water jumps were feeling feeling super good and i think i just i'd come into into the meet super well recovered actually um kind of the last week in in Samaritz, uh yeah just the right amount of tapering maybe or just you know the perfect peak from from ritz he knows what he's doing and yeah uh, just yeah man I was, I was feeling pretty good coming in like the last couple of workouts i did up and we stayed up in Samaritz for the last two just didn't didn't feel like we needed to go down to kiavina for kind of last two pretty much just tune-ups and i was running like four 25s in a row off like a minute jog and and just feeling like that was you know that was pretty easy and so i I felt like i was really coming around at the right time and and it showed in the first round and um was safely through to the final and and ran 816 and felt like i was running 830 so um that that gave you a lot of confidence with that yeah. yeah, man, it it really did. I I felt like that gave me um, a huge amount of confidence to have, and then go and have um, two full days recovery <clears throat> for the final, which is also a nice feeling, and and just was such a almost such a big relief after the disappointment um, in Eugene last year, where the five k. I mean, obviously it was it was terrible and I don't even know what place I came, but fucking way out the back and I was hot as shit and just felt terrible. And, and going into it, I was feeling like comparing these last couple of workouts in Samaritz feeling super like 
fresh and, and crisp running. I remember I went to Eugene early last year and my last workout I did before the race, like I don't at a, whatever that community college was that was used for training. Um, I remember I, I, I didn't even cool down. I was so destroyed. Like I, mm. I was running a couple miles and 200s or something and I was so exhausted from the heat afterwards. I, I couldn't even jog. Like I walked a couple of laps and then I just like got in a cold tub. And so maybe it was no surprise. It went, it went pretty badly, but yeah, just a nice um, response this year to, to come out and, and get the job done. And, and uh, yeah, bit of redemption from, from the Eugene um, experience. And, and maybe that, maybe it is like a bit of experience. Like it's just my second one and, and kind of felt like, felt like I knew what I was doing a bit more and um, yeah, maybe that was a big part of it. And yeah. And then also on the first day, Yara and Mario ticked off the, the first round of the uh, 1500, all good. And Alicia was a huge uh, fifth place in the, in the women's 10K, which was amazing. What, what do you think mm-hmm. of that run, Holly? I mean, it, it's great to see for Alicia. She, she didn't run the, what she wanted to run in Paris. And then from there, she's just improved um, mentally and physically, I think, uh, moving forward. Like we know... George and I every day see Alicia just crushing training um, week after week. She puts in consistent miles. She's a tough nut. Um, but you always want to you always want to see those results come through when when they matter. And a fifth place in at, in the world at the ten k, particularly where you have such a strong um, strong group of uh, women just crushing, like crushing it and. I think Alicia put herself in there. She was aggressive and she made sure that she belonged in that situation of racing. And it wasn't as quick as other 10Ks have been in the past, which was interesting. Um, I think that honestly benefited her too. But even like she just, yeah, she just crushed it. She was in really good spot for a medal. And I was like, going, oh shit, she's got a, she got a shot here and she's she's really given it um, a, good, a good going. And, you know, fifth place, in the world is is something you don't take lightly and i think to have that result for her and for dathan is incredible particularly leading into paris because i think if you're in that position to be in the top top eight or top six in the world you know that you're, you're around that field of just i know what to improve on i know how to kind of build off this to one of the biggest meets for us ever which is the olympic games so for her to do that and to have that result all that hard work has now been kind of um it's been recognized in in that in that place and i'm really happy for her. i sent her a nice message afterwards because like all these results come in and it's like 6 a.m in the morning so i'm up and i'm texting people you know congrats and stuff like that so um really happy for her. i hope her and dathan were, were, were really uh celebrating that and yeah um it was incredible definitely a, a validating performance mm. i would say yeah in terms of thinking that or knowing that kind of top top five felt like it was possible and um she was again disappointed in, in eugene to be 13th and felt like should have been top 10 and then this year to be yeah i mean she was there at the bell but i mean those those women are closing in 59 at the mm. front of a 10k which is i mean that's just outrageous and i think insane Mon- i think monson's closing in 64 which is that's that's no slouch i mean that's no. that's still <laughs> That's still some serious wheels, so um, yeah, pretty pretty epic epic way to start um, day one from from the team, honestly. And then um, day two again, um, Mario and Yarad getting the job getting the job done in the semis. Mario winning his heat, and then Yarad winning his his semi final. And um, those fifteen hundred rounds were yeah, some of the most exciting races probably at Worlds. Um, and maybe that's a good, good time now. What did we, how'd you feel about the, uh, the big cues only? Yeah, it's interesting because, um, looking at how they're fixing certain aspects of our sport, they're trying to make it more fair, but also more engaging people trying to figure out if they're not diehard fans of the sport and know how the qualification system works. They always look at the little cue going, trying to figure out why, why does that exist? Why is that there? How do you 
get a little Q kind of situation. Um, I like the big Q stuff, but I do know that like you, you toss up when you get into a semifinal like the men's 1500, you could be in a stacked heat and you could run a really crazy time, finish um, seventh and you're, you're tough for luck, you know? Um, there were situations in the women's 1500 where women were running four minutes, running national records and missing out on making the final. It's it's crazy. It's it's just the way the sport is these days, particularly in this event, that it's so competitive and so deep that you really got to be on top of it and you really got to have a bit of luck in some ways uh, with with what maybe what semi you get. But in general, they're mostly both just really stacked. And I think having two... Um, two semis and just going on cues. I think it's a, it's a great thing for the sport because there's no doubt. There's no like, you know, questioning um, whether, Oh, if I was in this semi, I would have run quicker. It's like not, there's the queue, there's the, the, the semi you're in and you just have to go and, and race for that position. Um, and I think it's great for the 5k as well. I think that's the main thing that we kind of went down with George Morgan and I, the 5k needed to have that kind of qualification system. Sorry, because there was 10 people qualifying from one heat because the second heat would know what time to hit and they would just go and run it. I think it's a bit different, different event. For the 1500, it is brutal. It's always going to be brutal. Um, but if you're one of the best in the world, like Mario and Yarrod, for example, they put themselves in position to make sure that they're in that qualifying um, window. So I'm uh, really happy for them qualifying for that final. Uh, stacked final, obviously, 1500. I mean, that's no shocker there. Stacked final. Um, it was unfortunate for Cinta. I think, you know, she ran 401 and most of the time you're running 401, you're, you're getting through to the next round and it was just tough to see that for her, but it's also going to be great fuel for her moving forward. You know, she's come such a long way and I'm excited for her uh, moving forward in the sport because I think stuff like that, it, it makes you tough and it makes you uh, mentally a lot smarter moving into those rounds. You just, you learn so much from being having that experience from being there like george mentioned with the 5k going through the steeple like he knew physically and mentally he was crisp he was clean he was ready to go so um but for the big q thing it, it it'll, it'll cause there's gonna be people talking about that there's gonna be conversations um but i i think it's a good thing for the sport and it's also gonna be hard to to always have that qualification standard when you've got two semis and one semi could be harder than the other you're just always gonna have that kind of situation but i think it makes it more um, easy to be certain of where you have to be and what you have to do. So yeah, I, I think the the big takeaways, yeah, good good reminder on on center and and she was. I mean, someone has to be the first person out of the final, yeah. regardless if there's little cues or only big cues. Someone is going to be the first person out, and and center was unlucky enough to be that person while still running the Olympic standard, and um, you know that that's coming out on the wrong end of the the time call if it's time qualifier situation but i think um looking at the big picture i mean no if if the fears were like that the you know it was going to make everyone just jog then that's obviously hasn't been the case the 1500 semis still went 332 and and 334 Mm. like that that's obviously hasn't become an issue that now everyone's just going to go jog and Mm. um, likewise in the steeple i i had to run 816 to to make the final of the steeple like um and and the the other ones were eight nineteen and eight twenty low so um it hasn't caused any situation like that which i think is good and and it's made it it made it super easy for fans to engage in um and yeah man some but some good good people are always going to miss out on that 1500 final when there's only yeah. 12 and there's you know there's more than 12 people that have run 330 like mm. Tim Tim Chiriot, a former world champs, not making it. Sam Tanner was was one of the kind of eighth place finishers and not making, too. yeah yeah medalist from last year. Yeah, um, it's a cutthroat event for sure. Yeah, um, but yeah, otherwise day two we had we had the men's ten k, which for some reason was it was Sunday and it was a public holiday in hungary like the hungarian national day so the meet was a lot earlier than the day before which meant joe was running his 10k at, at six o'clock at night and i mean it was freaking warm it, mm. it was really freaking warm and and i think it showed pretty early like 
no one was running that fast and the the field was still was still splintering apart um even at i can't even what did they end up running maybe just under 20, 28 around 28 yeah. minutes or 27 i think was uh chipped a guy yeah which everybody every person in the field should have been able to run that but yeah it's you know close to 90 degrees probably um mm. you know that that's just not the case and um joe came off on the wrong end of that and um yeah i mean he he obviously felt like a, a top 10 even top you know top five performance was was in the in the realm of possibility and um he did have a couple of couple of things in his build up um if you follow him on strava you can see his bit of a hamstring thing in sam ritz and then um he ended up getting a injection of like a anti-flame injection after the race for for his achilles so obviously a couple of things um had him at less than 100 percent. and if you're if you're not 100 percent on the world stage um it it shows like you have to mm. be you have to be pretty much perfect to end up there and um you know he, he'll be back he'll be back next year for sure good fuel for the fire for joe yeah absolutely um and Mohamed was a was a solid sixth in the 10k mm. love to see that and um yeah chip the guy doesn't often lose those no he doesn't seen. um yeah and i feel like even even what he was saying after usa is like he was he was gunning for a medal and and the 10k is brutal sometimes mm. it just it doesn't go their way so um yeah yeah that, that's that's 10k and um I think the men's steeple final must probably be the next event. So yes, it is. Lift your lift your hanging here for a second. Um, just going through an order. Um, yeah, I was. Um, I probably recovered as well as I could have ever hoped for. I reckon um, two full days off and um, both days on the table with Jason, just getting everything everything lined up and 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 came into it feeling feeling pretty good um as good as i could have hoped for trying to run two steeples in in three days and what would be my i think that was my eighth steeple um of the year which actually is a lot but also eight mm. steeple total which isn't very many mm. yeah <laughs> um, it's, it's a lot in a short time but which I'm, I'm. I was stoked with how good I could still feel running, having raced that many times, and um, having to just run a lot of steeples this year to to kind of catch up to to the true steeples, steeplers. And um, yeah, it was one of the one of the hottest days of the week. I think 90, 94, 95 degrees during during the day, which is thirty plus Celsius. I don't know, and then. But fortunately, unlike in Eugene, where they'd run the entire meet from like five till seven PM, and it would just be in the sun and hot as hell, and then you'd leave the stadium in Eugene, and it would be mm. beautiful conditions. Like it was just getting perfect. But I don't know, TV window or something. I imagine in Eugene made them have to run the meet so early every night. But um, I was racing at nine forty-five local time, so. Just being in being in the dark makes such a difference. Um, mm. Even though it was still twenty eight degrees Celsius during the race, like um, it's de- it was definitely hot and definitely a little hotter than hotter than the the first round. Which I don't think it had in, made any difference to you know the performance. But I think I'd, I'd love to hear what what Morg has to say about how he felt during that. But definitely makes you feel. I would say just a little flat distance running um, in that kind of heat, but but felt pretty prepared for it, and um, again, just was super super calm actually, and, and like felt super under control warming up and, and going into it. And um, a few people, a few people were telling me like, why why were you so why were you just cheesing like on the start line? <laughs> but I was just I don't know smiling up at the screen or something, but because um, you're feeling like, good. Yeah, I was having a good time. And, <laughs> um, they were playing those stupid like 
intro videos up on the screen. Mm. I don't know if you saw any of those. You, we had to like film like a 15 second video if you made the final in front of a green screen where you like have to do some like stupid dance or flex. <laughs> so oh, it was so awkward unless you were someone that loves doing that kind of thing. But yeah, they, I don't think you're one of those people of those. that loves doing that. No, they're playing a couple of those on the screen, like above the line. So I was like looking up at those and, and kind of laughing. Um, but prior to the race, we would, we're hearing in, on the grapevine that um, the Kenyans were going to try run like 750 something. Um, mm. <laughs> I don't know who we'd heard that from. <laughs> Maybe Isaac, <laughs> Isaac through Bernard Keeter or something. I don't know what the, the, the line was, but um, that was put to bed pretty quickly once the race started. And um, I think it was pretty similar split to the, to the first round. Like we're running 68s for a few laps and um everyone's just jogging again um and definitely i definitely wasn't feeling uh as as kind of fresh like as as crisp over the hurdles they were just taking a little more out of me i felt like than than in the first round which no surprise um after coming back from from steeple a couple of days earlier but still still feeling pretty good and, and probably some of my best water jumps um mm. for some reason the uh, the water was just feeling so easy which was mm. quite fun and every time i i was running behind one of the kenyans for a few laps and we'd come into the water jump and i'd like be on the inside and every time he would like swing out a little bit and just give me like the perfect run on the inside to hit the barrier it was great like, every time he'd just move over and give me like a perfect line up to the up to the barrier it was sweet very nice of him yeah yeah it was, it was so <laughs> <laughs> should have said thank you after the race um but yeah in the in the first round i felt like i was hanging it out of the back and then with with three to go i was able to kind of make that that mid-race move um to get into position where to then kind of launch the last lap off and i felt like that's where where I wasn't able to make the move in the final, like obviously I was able to have have the the launch at the end, but um, I kind of just felt like I wasn't, I don't know, didn't have the legs to have that move with 1,200 to go to move up to the top. Like even top five would have been would have been sweet just running on the back of those guys, and it's it's kind of situation where you know you know the last lap is going to stick. Because, you know, mm. I only got to make it 300 meters. Like, I know this one's going to stick. It's the move with, like, 1,200 to go where that, like, that's the one that takes takes a bit more courage to make, like, a big move from the back. Maybe I got too far back, but, like, that's the one we don't know if it's going to stick. Like, am I just going to, is this going to just be be too much if I make this big move this early um, when I don't feel as good? Um, so... That that's kind of probably the learning looking back. Uh, you know, you you have to be you have to be in within within distance, you know, in the last few laps and uh unfortunately I left it a bit late, but but I was able to have a good last six hundred and and have a lot of fun in the last in the last lap. Um I taking people taking people down in the last 300 and um but shit i i saw with like maybe four 450 to go kind of 500 on that the second to last home straight i was kind of looking up and and knowing that uh i felt like the kenyans weren't gonna have a great last lap i think their their hurdle form just starts to break down a little more um like they're obviously incredible runners, but not known for their hurdling. Um, so I felt like they were not going to have a great last lap, and I could, like, I could see the medals. Like I knew that they, they were kind of in range, but but obviously very far away. Um, and yeah, I had to. I think I ended up running sixty point, um, like sixty point five or something for the last lap, and. Um, looking at the results, if I ran a fifty-eight point five, like two seconds, a fifty-eight point mm. five would have been would have been a bronze medal, and 
um, it's just crazy to think about. And yeah, but but finished, um, caught two more guys in the last kind of 50 and ran a 13, 13.2, I think, last 100 over the barrier, um, which I think uh, someone was, Albuquerque's was, I think, the next fastest at like 14.9 or something. Otherwise, everyone else was over 15 seconds. So mm. um, just knowing I have that last, hundred over everyone else is um gives me a lot of hope for for future championships and but yeah man if you would have told me four months ago at uh mount borsack and when i ran 842 that that i'd um be coming home for for fifth place at, at worlds a few months later um you know i would have i would have found that pretty hard to believe probably but yeah, not gonna, not gonna lose any sleep over knowing that I was that close to that close to a medal. But um, at the same time, it'll it'll give me a lot of motivation leading into next year. That knowing that it's um, it's possible, and and I feel like we talked about it all year um, on the pod. Like every time we talked about the steeple, we would you know we'd say Albuquerque and Gurma like they're the, they're the top dogs and hmm. they are a class above everyone else and and they they showed it and full full credit to them but we kind of said like the the bronze medal theoretically is 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 wide open and it's crazy to think that we, we were so, we were actually sort of right <laughs> like it actually ended up being the case that it was a, a two-man race up front and then you know there was definitely an opportunity there um for the for the bronze and you know i wasn't able to get it this time but um yeah this, this place is not not too shabby hmm. no mate it was uh it was amazing it was amazing my parents were really 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 excited and happy and and i was obviously as well i was over the moon for you because it's it's this is uh when you look at sport in general if you think about um all the people that compete on the world stage of sport, like track and field is one of those sports that's so deep with so many people from all over the world, like literally like just so much um, competition from everywhere. And it's just so, so, so hard to be able to put yourself in a position where you could be one of the best. And you've only done the steeple eight times uh, previously. And like, this is such a new event for you. And we all talked about, oh, George is going to be, He's going to crush the steeple. We sh- you should put George in the steeple, you know. But it's always about like executing um, every little thing about staying healthy, getting in the good training, being able to do the technique of hurdling great, keeping your body uh, in the best possible position moving forward after these steeples. And you've ticked every one of those boxes, George. And me, personally, I know I don't speak for everyone, but I know I can here. Uh, we're all so proud of you. Uh, so excited for you. And it's only the beginning, you know, your fifth place at a world championship and you this is the first time you've done that event at that stage. And, um, you know, there's big things coming ahead of you and it's just going to be an amazing journey to be a part of because we've just seen week after week how much hard work and training you put in and to have it pay off, you know, it gets me emotional um, just just thinking about it. And I was so, so proud of you. I was at a coffee shop in, uh, in Cronulla. It was about, I think it was, 5 30 or something in the morning because i haven't been able to sleep extremely well and it's just i just had a big smile on my face and i've been you know just really engaged in conversation with mom and over coffees you know getting really excited about uh what you just achieved and uh it was unreal so uh, congrats to you george fifth place that's the top coffee club uh finish at a world championship so <laughs> we're very very proud of that and we'll be uh, boasting about that um until obviously the olympics comes by and we we crush it so uh, fantastic result and um, I'm sure that everybody in New Zealand was uh, going off I hope they were going off so unreal yeah. thanks unreal man. that actually was a, an interesting stat apparently it was the uh, top men's finish for a New Zealand track athlete on the track apparently Willis Willis must have, he was just on a four year cycle He's just, yeah, he really just, he's just getting peaked at the, the Olympics. He's just showing up for the Olympics, and then I don't yeah. know what the hell he was doing the other yeah. the rest of the time. But yeah, um, well, I mean, yeah, unreal. It's just unreal. So uh, very excited for you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, 
um we've gone we've gone quite deep into that so we'll uh we'll move on to well we're obviously going to let more um do the 5k yeah do the 5ks when he's back next week but yeah we'll just say that you know shit we're we're proud of him and and only his second race of the year showing up out of world championship qualifying yeah and you know the level to make the final in the 5k is unbelievable i mean Mm. the guys both the guys that came ninth uh are basically like 1255 guys Mm. that are the first guys out of both heats and just ridiculous so um if you're not in you know if you're anything below you know peak peak fitness for that it's it's so hard man and you know credit shit luis is looking bloody good loved his fit actually the, the guatemala kit with the mustache he's he's looking good he's, he's looking good he's looking that. good it's, uh, that's uh yeah. that's tomorrow is we're we're recording this day before the 5k final so mm. and uh yeah excited to see abdi hamad as well the the nau alums are uh, are looking good so i'd love to see one of them if not both um snag a medal in that um but yeah we'll let we'll let more tell you guys about his race next week and um we better finish with uh with a little rundown on on the men's 15 which yeah i went to the stadium for which was actually an awesome experience just coming in and like the fan entrance and instead of through the warm-up area and and seeing how how good a job they'd made of like just like all this grass area and like they've made pretty much like a park outside the stadium as opposed to just you know building a stadium and just plonking it down like they've made a full area of of uh just places to hang out and and a like a there was all these like um athletics things you could do like you go there was a couple of treadmills that people were just sprinting on and that's unreal and you like you go pick up a shot put and just do a bunch of random shit like that which yeah probably pretty fun as a fan coming into the stadium and um i actually got i got so nervous but it's mm. it's was way crazier than i thought being there um yeah just get got super nervous for yari mario and but obviously i mean i was just leading up to the race i was i was thinking how much i, I would love to see to see ollie in that and um <laughs> i know it was, it was probably um it's probably tough tough for you to watch and um, yeah i think i honestly think it would have been not that that's helpful but such a good good setup race for you um, <laughs> it actually reminded me a bit of of uh the com games race where yeah i've heard that super yeah. uh, out really quick and then kind of settled in for a lap but then and then it coming down to the last like 50 meters to run 329 330 like with a lot more people in it i thought it was mm. much more similar to the com games final than it was to to last year's um mm. world final but yeah jingy taken down for the second year in a row i feel pretty yeah. good about that i mean i personally so i i obviously gonna struggle uh you know to to watch and to, but i you know this is the second year i did it at eugene and now budapest watching on the sidelines and i didn't think i'd be in that position this year to be honest uh i thought i'd make sure i get to at least get to that final as best as i possibly could uh but you know things happen shit happens you, you move on and i was not there to watch for my spite and my pity i was there to watch my two amazing teammates who have uh, trained and competed so well this year, Mario and Yarrod. Amazing competitors, amazing people. And that was what I was there to watch. Um, it was one of those races where you think, we, we talked about a lot in the pod where you think, okay, Jakob's so far ahead of everyone. He's run 327 this year. He's been able to win every race. Why is that? Why can no one get near him? And I and everyone else who has an idea of like, okay, how how is Jakob doing so well? It's like, well, maybe it's the pace. Maybe he's got a pace race. And he made a comment to a journalist when they asked him, um, how are you going to do without that pacing? And he's like, oh, I'm the pacer. I'm the pacer. You know, when he jumps off, I'm the pacer. And he's right. Except this time, the pacer didn't get away from the rest of the field. Um, I think Jakob mentioned that he wasn't 100% after the race. 
However, um, seeing him in the semi-final go from last to first, (laughs) um, going like this to the crowd, going from last to first, it's hard to throw sympathy sympathy in there. I love to be an internal optimist and give people the credit of sometimes it's not your great day. Um, I didn't particularly like how Jakob handled this one. I know he called Jake inferior in the last one, and maybe that was just him dealing with that pressure and loss. Um, but this is the next time around. Um, you know, he was he was flaunting, he was showboating in the semi, uh, and Josh Kerr ran an incredible race. He ran a gutsy race. He ran it really well, and he deserved that win. He he worked hard for it, and he got it. And you got to give credit to that man for what he did. It, it doesn't matter if it was Josh. It doesn't matter if it was Jared. Um, that field is incredible, and, th- and that can happen. Uh, and Jakob, I don't think realized personally that like you got to be you got to be racing to the best of your ability, and sometimes you just don't win. Sometimes it's not your day. And unfortunately for him, it's the, the two races that he's been beaten at uh, World Championships, which is tough. I, I, I don't know the mental state he's gone through. I don't know. I would never, you know, be in that position. I'm not in that position at all. Um, but I've got a question for you. Do yeah. you do you think he would give up all his Diamond League wins this year to win the World Cup? Like if he would he <laughs> would he trade like losing every single Diamond League this year to random people to win Worlds? Or do you think he would take oh, it how it was? I would say 100%. Personally, George, when you look at it, I so I watched, I found out the results of the race. I watched it um, straight away, like I did last year. I messaged, when I messaged Jake, I messaged Josh. I just messaged him. I said, look, mate, congratulations. Amazing achievement. World champion. That will never, that will never leave you. You're a world champion. It doesn't matter if you get beaten next year or the year after. You're a world champion. The same with Jake Whiteman. You are the best in the world. Uh, Jakob has been one of the best runners to, to run on the circuit one of the best runners ever he's not the best in the world he hasn't yeah. been the best in the world for two years See, that's that's, that's my opinion i think because you've got to turn up for that race i think the other 11 people in the field and everyone else probably would obviously say they'd give up all those diamond league wins yeah. and take the world championship win but like there's something <clears> about yaku's <throat> ego that like makes me think that he'd almost just like these di- like winning everything else is I don't know if he could handle those other like five losses because this is just this is like one. I don't know. I just think he's at this point he's he's just such an he's like yeah. he's a bit weird about it. And I think he, yeah. I definitely didn't like how he responded to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look at Josh. Look at Josh Kerr. So Josh had a shit race a road or whatever. Fuck. Yeah. Like Josh. Josh had a shit race at comms. Shit race. Right. And he was looking at meddling at comms. He got fifth at Eugene. Every time, if you watch that man's interviews, he just he said, not my day. Fifth was the best on the day. That's all I could do. And Josh is a very confident runner. We know this. We know, you know, he fucking, when he, when he, when he says Let's he can run this. Lightly. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's cocky. But the one thing I like about Josh is when he doesn't run well, he doesn't make an, an excuse of like, oh, I was sick or I, I had a bad training session or, you know. He, he's, he pretty much says this is the best I could do on the day. And the way he had, obviously he won. So when you win, you're going to have a good interview. You, you're going you're gonna to interview well when you win. <laughs> like that's just going to happen. But he interviewed well. He interviewed well. And he talked he about did. it. And he, he even gave Jakob the credit, which I wouldn't have done personally on, on, the, on the Darth Sidious mag. He gave him, said, oh, I don't think, I think Jakob, there was something going on. That's what Josh said. I think something was going on. I don't think he was 100%. Pretty much, Josh was saying, like, you don't, you give him that credit because he is one of the best runners in the world. However, I don't particularly think that Jakob has handled that well. I think Jakob needed to say, Josh is the best runner on the day. He needed to mm-hmm. say it. He didn't say it. He did not say it. And Josh is the world champion, but he, he belittles it. And I don't like that. And this is the second year he's done that. And I'm a big fan of, of Jingi, but you have to, you, you can't in this sport, as you know, George. You can't always be the best at everything. You're going to lose. You're going to lose a race. And it defines I, I you as an athlete time, who you are. Yeah, I think he has a hard time grasping that though. Yeah. Because I think I, he thinks he can do it all the time, no matter what. So anytime yeah. it doesn't and, happen, he he can't handle it. And he needs he needs to take accountability for that. You're not going to win every race. And he should have just said, Josh was the better run on the day. I didn't run the race I wanted to run. I, I got second. Now we move on. 
You know, he didn't he didn't do that. And I like Jingi, but I'm I'm a bit disappointed in him for that personally because I think you have to go through particularly the fifteen hundred. It's a blue ribbon event. Personally, I think every runner in that final could have could have done it. It could have been their day, and it was Josh's day. And you have to have to recognize it. Um, but it's interesting, George. If you look back at those major races, uh, Eugene, Budapest, Eugene, Tokyo, every 1,500-meter runner who won was not in the lead near the end. Chariot got overtaken by yep. Jakob. You're right, actually. Wyman overtook Jakob. Josh overtook Jakob. I think it, the interesting thing is the race for 15, for that win, you can't really be in the lead because the field's too good. They can gauge off you too easily. Um, it's just, being, it's an being incredible event at the moment. The person in, yeah, second, in second with 200, with, the person in second with 200 to go. Usually looks like they're the ones that are going to win it. Yeah. Three years in a row. They can't run away from it. And uh, Jakob, 327 guy, couldn't run away from the field. Um, yeah. I'm really happy for Josh. Congratulations to him. I know Sit and Kick might revamp their podcast now because they actually have something <laughs> to talk about. Um, but really happy for Josh. Send him a nice message. Um, you know, I anybody that can can do that at the world stage. You know, he he his year. You know, he was tenth at Oslo, ran three thirty, still an incredible run. Ran three twenty nine in Lausanne for second. Couldn't get Jakob there, but he got him at the world champs, and that's incredible for Josh. So he, I'm really really happy for him. He says that he'll he'll show up on on the big stage. He says it every year, and he does. He fucking, it's almost, mm. he does. It's, mm. you know, he speaks, he talks a big game about showing up when it counts. But he delivers. He, fuck, he delivers. Yeah. Yeah. And the but one thing I recognize about I'll Josh. Give him credit for that. Yeah, that's the thing. And I give credit to Josh when he has a bad race, he admits it. And that tells you a testament of the person, whether you like him or not, they, they recognize when they have a good race and a bad race. And I think the way Jakob handled that, I think he didn't give Josh the credit he deserved. And yeah. he did that to Jake as well, and 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 that I'm not a fan of that personally. I like I like Jingy. I like what he's done for the sport, but maybe that's just the way um, you handle a loss, and, and and it's tough. I I get that, but you sometimes right, you recognize that you're better. That, that's enough. That's enough sucking Josh Kerr off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice to Which, see. It's always nice, at least once a year, that someone proves that Jingy can be beaten. We always want that. Yeah. But yeah. obviously, huge races by. Yara and Mario, fifth and sixth mm. in the world, 330.25 and 330.26. It's almost like they've done every single training session together for the last uh, year. Yeah. <laughs> they pretty much can't get away from each other. Roommates uh, I, I, at every honestly, Diamond League. I wish they tied. I wish yeah. they tied. That would have been, been cooler. That would have been funny. But the Yara and Ritz, his yeah. torso. His, his torso is too big. Long. Honestly, Dathan's done a great job at getting fifth place at the World Championships this year. Um, Alicia, George, and Yard, <laughs> fifth place. Unreal. Uh, good stepping stone for, for Paris. Hopefully, that moves up to, to more, more colorful uh, finishes. But um, Mario and Yard, incredible race. I sent them a message. I know those two are definitely in the hunt for medals. Mario was fourth last year, sixth this year. He's just, they're, they're so close. Yard, the same. But they'll get there. They just got to, you got to keep turning up and you keep turning up every time. And they've, they've done that and um, they've been incredible all year. So I'm looking forward for the rest of their years, for their seasons. Hopefully they can run, you know, a lot, lot crazier, a lot cooler stuff. Yeah. And it's been, uh, it's been shown again. Another thing that yep. has happened three years in a row. If you, if you want a medal in the 1500, you have to run 329 mm. on the day. Like yep. Tokyo, Eugene. And now, Budapest, it takes it takes the three twenty nine in the third fifteen hundred and four days to get a medal, and and that's that's where the bar is set. And like, if you if you keep showing up like these guys, and you show up every year in in three twenty nine three thirty shape, at some point it's it's going to hit. And I think a medal is you know it's possible for for this whole group of of guys like that. And and credit to Cole 100%. coming back for yeah. after his seventh yeah seventh place it's pretty bloody unreal good. unreal race I think that's that's it that's think, it for the fifteen I think that's and all she wrote for now yeah yeah awesome all right that's worlds five k's tomorrow so um nothing to 
nothing to report about that. And yep. can't wait to have we'll have Morg back on next week. Um, but otherwise, I hope um, I hope this recorded honestly. And yeah, hopefully we just didn't spend an hour talking rubbish and then it's yeah, uh, it's not it's not there anymore. But yeah. thanks for listening, everyone. Um, episode ninety nine point one done and dusted. Uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>